All right, guys, this weekend, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, the movie comes out. Produced by Guillermo del Toro and directed by Andre Vredal. Had to look up that pronunciation. Uh, it's in theaters right now. But to cash in on that sweet, sweet timing, Matt and I are re-releasing our Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark episode. This is one of our all-time favorites. It's one of our best episodes, hands down. Just so much fun. Matt and I did Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark as some radio plays. And at the end of it, we try to summon a ghost. And it's ridiculous. It's so much fun. Really cool episode, and we're re-releasing it for you guys now. As usual, hit like and subscribe, tell your friends about us, and let us know what you are loving about the Launchpad Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod, and our website, LaunchpadPod.com. Now, this episode first came out right after Matt and I hosted the Famous Monsters of Filmland podcast. We had just done a Halloween episode where we talked about all sorts of crazy things, the history of the holiday all the Halloween movies, and of course, scary stories. Not only in general, but a favorite book series of ours called Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I know that you guys will remember that. Uh, it's written, or at least retold and collected by Alvin Schwartz, and the drawings, the illustrations by Stephen Gamble, and I mean, what kid our age who read, who saw even these books yeah. forgets what that art looked like. It's so haunting. I remember being freaked out so bad that you'd flip the page really fast so you didn't see the spider yeah, girl's a face. Of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some really creepy ass ones and they really itch themselves, I think, in our generation's consciousness. But what Aaron and I wanted to try to do tonight was to do some not just readings of these stories, but like radio plays. We want to do something a little different. Normally we're just talking bullshit and have a good time, but tonight the Launchpad Podcast presents scary stories to tell in the dark. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Me, Ty Doty Walker. There was a haunted house where every night a bloody head fell down the chimney. At least that's what people said, so nobody would stay there overnight. Then, a rich man offered $200 to whoever would do it, and this boy said he would try if he could have his dog with him. So it was all settled. The very next night, the boy went to the house with his dog. To make it more cheerful, he started a fire in the fireplace. Then he sat in front of the fire and waited, and his dog waited with him. For a while, nothing happened. But a little after midnight, he heard something singing softly and sadly off in the woods. The singing sounded something like this. It's just somebody singing, the boy told himself. But he was frightened. Then his dog answered the song. Softly and sadly, it sang. The boy could not believe his ears. His dog had never uttered a word before. Then a few minutes later, he heard the singing again. Now it was closer and louder, but the words were the same. This time, the boy tried to stop his dog from answering. He was afraid that whoever was singing would hear it and come after them. 
But his dog paid no attention. And again it sang, A half hour later, the boy heard the singing again. Now it was in the backyard and the song was the same. Again, the boy tried to keep his dog quiet, but the dog sang out louder than ever. Soon the boy heard the singing again. Now it was coming down the chimney. The dog sang back. Suddenly a bloody head fell out of the chimney. It missed the fire and landed right next to the dog. The dog took one look and fell over dead from fright. The head turned and stared at the boy. Slowly it opens its mouth and... And the book says, turn to your friends and scream. You guys scared? <laughs> I love that story just because if I was in a, a house that supposedly had a bloody head fall down the chimney every night, first of all, what a random fucking thing to put in a children's <laughs> book, right? It doesn't say a head fell. It says a bloody severed head, yeah. right? Or a bloody head. That's creepy as hell. But if my dog, who I probably had for a while turned and sang back. Oh, that is, I think that is pretty creepy. And it's just, it's random that makes it creepy. 200 bucks, I'd be like, I'm good. My dog's talking. Hey, let's go. Let's get out of here. Good. <laughs> 200 bucks. <laughs> also, the dog dies. That's sad. That makes me sad. <laughs> well, you could never verify that story, right? You're like, if that kid lived and that bloody head didn't actually kill him, yeah. he'd be like, and then my dog talked back. And they'd be like, no, bullshit. Bullshit, I believe the bloody head fell down, but there's no way your dog talked. Prove it. <laughs> He's well, dead. The dog, the dog is dead. <laughs> oh, so sad. They didn't even name the dog. Dead dog. <laughs> All right, Rumi, what's next? Wait till Martin comes. An old man was out for a walk. When a storm came up, he looked for a place to take shelter. Soon he came to an old house. He ran up on the porch and knocked on the door, but nobody answered. By now the rain was pouring down, thunder was booming, and lightning was flashing. So he tried the door. When he found it was unlocked, he went inside. Except for a pile of wooden boxes, the house was empty. He broke up some of the boxes and made a fire with them. Then he sat down in front of the fire and dried himself. It was so warm and cozy that he fell asleep. When he woke up, a black cat was sitting near the fire. It stared at him for a while. Then it purred. That's a nice cat, he thought and dozed off again. When he opened his eyes, there was a second cat in the room. But this one was as big as a wolf. It looked at him very closely and it asked, Shall we do it now? No, said the other cat. Let's wait till Martin comes. I must be dreaming, thought the old man. He closed his eyes, then he took another look. But now there was a third cat in the room, and this one was as big as a tiger. It looked the old man over, and it asked, Shall we do it now? No said the others. Let's wait till Martin comes. 
the old man jumped up, jumped out the window, and started running. When Martin comes, you tell him, I couldn't wait! Shall we do it? Meow. <laughs> yeah, nice job, Alvin Schwartz. You missed a great pun there. Uh, Ruby, what do you think about that story? Oh, I love it. I love it. And and it's so creepy. Talking animals, once again, I, I just love the concept because it's laying down this groundwork like, wait a second, who's doing what now? Wait, who's coming? <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, wait. You're the bigger one? It, it lays up a great, like... Sure. It's a simple formula, mm -hmm. but it's making you do like story math in your head. You're like, wait, one talking cat? Wait, two talking cats? Wait, second cat's big as well? Third cat's big as a tiger? Martin's still coming? Right, and Martin isn't here yet. Fuck this yeah, shit. I'm out. I'm out. My line is three talking cats. When I see that, I'm out. So this reminds me of a game I played called Outlast. It was a video game about somebody who showed up at like a, a really messed up asylum. You, there was no guns. All you had was a video camera and like a flashlight. Mm -hmm. And that's how you like snuck around this place. What platform is this on? It's on Xbox, on computer. Mm -hmm. And the whole point of it, it's like alien isolation where you have to hide. Okay. But it's super violent, super bloody, super creepy, and you can't fight back. You just have to hide while they run around and chase you. But one of the scariest moments, there's these two twins, and the first time you see them, they're behind bars on another side of a, of a room. So you just walk past mm -hmm. them, and they're just talking to each other. And they're like, what should we eat first? Do you want his intestines? And you're like, no, no, no. And it's so creepy. And it reminded me of that because they're just taunting you about what they're going to do to you later and what they're going to do next. But they can't reach you. And every now and then you'll walk past something and they'll be like up high on a balcony just looking down at you. And you walk past them. They keep talking about like, I'm going to nibble his fingers. And you're like, no, no. <laughs> it reminds me of a video game I called the first couple dates with my wife when I went to her house and she had cats and I hated cats. And I would, it was like alien isolation. I just kind of hid from them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What story do we have up next here? Rings on her fingers. Daisy Clark had been in a coma for more than a month when the doctor said that she had finally died. She was buried on a cool summer day in the small cemetery about a mile from her home. May she always rest in such peace, her husband said. But she didn't. Late that night, a grave robber with a shovel and a lantern began to dig her up. Since the ground was still soft, he quickly reached the coffin and got it open. His hunch was right. Daisy had been buried wearing two valuable rings, a wedding ring with a diamond in it and a ring with a ruby that glowed as if it were alive. The thief got down on his knees and reached into the coffin to get the rings, but they were stuck fast on her fingers. So he decided that the only way to get them was to cut off her fingers with a knife. But when he cut into the finger with the wedding ring, it began to bleed, and Daisy Clark began to stir. Suddenly, she sat up. Terrified, the thief scrambled to his feet. He accidentally kicked over the lantern, and the light went out. He could hear Daisy climb out of her grave. As she moved past him in the dark, he stood there frozen with fear, clutching the knife in his hand. When Daisy saw him, she pulled her shroud around her and asked, Who are you? When the grave robber heard this corpse speak, he ran. Daisy shrugged her shoulders and walked on and never once looked back. But in his fear and confusion, the thief fled in the wrong direction. 
He pitched headlong into her grave and fell on the knife and stabbed himself. While Daisy walked home, the thief bled to death. It's a children's story about a grave robber who tried to cut some dead woman's fingers off. Yeah, just a reminder, children's story falls on a knife and bleeds to death. Awesome. I've heard that story in a lot of different iterations, and I think that's there's a lot of classic things there, but I love that story. I love that story. Ugh. These are pretty fun, Rumi. This is this is awesome. And it's I feel like I should tell everybody we are at Rumi's house. We're sitting at our normal podcasting table in our normal podcasting place, but there's one major difference. All of the lights in the room are off, except my computer, which we're not even using. It's just the ambient light we're using to read. There's a couple battery-operated candles around, which I think is Aaron, Aaron's wife's decorations. I don't know that we've set it up to be spooky. Yeah. Oh, and Aaron lit a fake jack-o'-lantern, and that's like the atmosphere that we're reading it in, which is fucking awesome because we didn't say we were going to do it. We just did it, which I think is really cool that that's what we decided, how we'd, we'd, we'd record these. The ambience. I'm going to go off script here. We're going to read this one right now. Okay. Real no, quick. You like that one. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The man in the middle. I'm looking for the man in the middle. I'm hoping he's not shot in the face. The man in the middle. It was almost midnight. Sally Truitt had just gotten on the subway train at 50th Street after visiting her mother. Don't worry, Sally had told her. The subway's safe. There's always a policeman on duty. But that night, she didn't see one. Except for her, the subway car was empty. At 42nd Street, three tough-looking men got on. Two of them were holding up the third, who looked drunk. His head rolled from side to side, and his legs refused to work. When they got him seated between them, his head came to rest on one of his shoulders. Sally thought he was staring at her. She buried her head in a book and tried not to notice. At 28th Street, one of the men stood up. Take it easy, Jim, he said to the man in the middle, and he got off. At 23rd Street, Jim's other friend stood up. You'll be fine, he said, and he got off. Now the only ones left in the car were Jim and Sally. Just then the train went around a sharp curve and Jim pitched onto the floor at Sally's feet. When she looked down at him, she saw a trickle of blood on the side of his head and just above it, a bullet hole. Dun dun dun. Sweet dreams, kids. <laughs> That's your children. That one scared the crap out of me as a kid. Really? Yes. It was so creepy because because being on a subway, like just the light and the way things play. And I've sure. been in very creepy situations on the subway. When we live in Boston, you take the right. train everywhere. And I've had a couple. I you know I'm not going to get into them now because that'll be a tangent for another day. But some really creepy moments on the subway that you're like, I'm not liking this. I'm creeped out. But I will tell you this one story. I'm once standing on the corner in Boston, and this guy comes up to me, and he has a shirt wrapped around his head, and he goes, hey, buddy, can I get a light? And I was like, oh, God, this guy's drunk. He's ho obviously homeless, mm -hmm. got a shirt wrapped around his head. And I had a lighter on me, and I gave it to him, and he lights up a cigarette, but he can't quite do it right. So I was like, let me get that for you. And he goes, thanks, buddy. And I look at him, and a trickle of blood starts coming down his forehead. 
I go, buddy, you're bleeding. He goes, yeah, man, I got stabbed in the head. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, this guy stabbed me in the head. I need to go to the hospital, but I'm going to go find him first. You're going to see me on the 6 o'clock news. And I don't know if he was, like, drunk or the knife wound in his head, but his brain functions were, like, slowing down, and he was starting to slur his speech in a way that was so unnatural that I will never forget how creepy it was. And his buddy comes up. And he's like, whoa, whoa, buddy. Yeah, we're going to get you to the hospital. Come on, man. No, we're not going to go find him. We're not going to find him. He's like, you'll see it, man, on the news. And I was like, no way. But I was like, hey, to his friend, you got him? You're going to take him to the hospital? He's like, yeah, we're going to go up to Mass General right now. And I was like, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll call the campus police and they'll give you a ride. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I did. I called the campus police uh, and, and they, they came and picked the guy up and they took him to the hospital much quicker than a cab or whatever. Yeah. But it was so creepy. And this Hell story yeah. reminded me of it. But like, it, it also reminded me like Bonnie and Clyde when that guy gets shot in the head and he's still like reaching. Right. Like he's still thinking, but the brain functions aren't there. So everything slowed down. Creep me out. Creep me out to Your no end. story reminds me. One time, also in Boston, one time I was in Boston, uh, I got stabbed in the head and I had a shirt wrapped around me and I walked up to this kid <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> Room for one more. A man named Joseph Blackwell came to Philadelphia on a business trip. He stayed with friends in the big house they owned outside the city. That night, they had a good time visiting, but when Blackwell went to bed, he tossed and turned and couldn't sleep. Sometime during the night, he heard a car turn in the driveway. He went to the window to see who was arriving at such a late hour. In the moonlight, he saw a long black hearse filled with people. The driver of the hearse looked up at him. When Blackwell saw his strange, hideous face, he shuddered. The driver called to him, There is room for one more. Then he waited for a minute or two and drove off. In the morning, Blackwell told his friends what had happened. You were dreaming, they said. I must have been, he said. But it didn't seem like a dream. After breakfast, he went into Philadelphia. He spent the day high above the city in one of the new office buildings there. Late in the afternoon, he was waiting for an elevator to take him back down to the street. But when it arrived, it was very crowded. One of the passengers looked out and called to him. There is room for one more, he said. It was the driver's hearse. No, no thanks said Blackwell. I'll get the next one. The doors closed and the elevator started down. There was shrieking and screaming. And the sound of a crash. The elevator had fallen to the bottom of the shaft. Everyone aboard was killed. I think that's a great story. I'm taking the stairs from now on. <laughs> I love that story. I love the idea of that. I love that it is scary, but the guy didn't get killed. So not, not everyone gets destroyed in this series. I really like that one. You like that story? Yeah, that one's pretty good. Uh, it, it, it's just, th- these are all crafted really well. They're kind of abridged, I think. Yes. So that you can tell them quickly. Yes. But, I mean, this accompanied with these creepy ass pictures 
just really makes yeah. them freaky. And I just remember like reading them in the dark and then not being able to go to sleep because I'm just thinking about a creepy story and creepy spider web pictures. Did you ever read the one about the guy who got stabbed in the head in Boston? <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you on the six o'clock. <laughs> That's what it's called. Six o'clock news. news. <laughs> <laughs> I also like, I hope that guy's okay and everything, but I also keep thinking of the dude in bad taste whose head opens and the brain falls out yeah. and he starts acting weird. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's so weird. Classic, <laughs> totally though. Is. All right, we got one here. This is from Scary Stories 3, More Tales to Chill, chill Your Bones. This one's full of some, some okay stories. Not as good as I think the first one, but some amazing pictures. The art in all of these are just impeccable. Yeah. But this is probably my favorite story from this, and this is one that I used to tell at, like, Boy Scout campouts around the fire. The title gives it away, so we're just going to dive into this one. After Sarah went to bed, she saw a ghost. It was sitting on her dresser, staring at her through two black holes where the eyes should have been. She shrieked, and her mother and father came running. There's a ghost on my dresser, she said, trembling. It's staring at me. When they turned on the light, it was gone. You were having a bad dream, her father said. Now go to sleep. But after they left, there it was again, sitting on her dresser, staring at her. She pulled the blanket up over her head and fell asleep. The next night, the ghost was back. It was up on the ceiling, staring down at her. When Sarah saw it, she screamed. Again, her mother and father came running. It's up on the ceiling, she said. When they turned on the light, nothing was there. It's your imagination, her mother said and gave her a hug. But after they left, there it was again. Staring down at her from the ceiling, she pulled her head under the pillow and fell asleep. The next night, the ghost was back. It was sitting on her bed, staring at her. Sarah called to her parents, and they came running. It's on my bed, she said. It's looking and looking at me. But when they turned on the light, nothing was there. You're upset over nothing, her father said. He kissed her on the nose and tucked her in. Now go to sleep. But after they left, there it was again, sitting on her bed, staring at her. Why are you doing this to me? Sarah asked. Why don't you leave me alone? The ghost put its fingers in its ear, wiggled them at her, and it stuck out its tongue and went... <laughs> it's a ghost of a rocketeer. I <laughs> <laughs> didn't even think of that. I honestly didn't think of that until we both did the noise there. That is a cute story. That's a fun story. It was fun to do. Yeah. Rumi, I got a song for you. Okay. Oh, Rumi is dead, and Rumi don't know it, and Rumi is dead, and Rumi don't know it, and both of them dead, and they're in the same bed, and neither one knows that the other one's dead. Ba-room. Ba-room. <laughs> you like my song, Rumi? I also love that you substituted the name for Rumi, and now correct me if, because I'm not looking at the book, but correct me if I'm wrong, it's two different names. Oh, yeah, it's O'Leary and O'Reilly, and you substituted the words Rumi for both names. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did it correctly. That's how Rocketeers work, but... <laughs> O'Leary is dead. O'Reilly don't know it. O'Reilly is dead. O'Leary don't know it. And both of them dead. And they're in the same bed. And neither one knows that the other one's dead. Ba-room. Ba-room. Why those zombies sleep with each other? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's weird that we're in the same bed or we don't know that we're dead. Like, did we die at the same time? Or did, like, I was dead and you climbed in the bed and then died too? Who died first? 
a new horse. Two farmhands shared a room. One slept at the back of the room. The other slept near the door. After a while, the one who slept near the door began to feel very tired early in the day. His friend asked what was wrong. An awful thing happens every night, he said. A witch turns me into a horse and rides me all over the countryside. I'll sleep in your bed tonight, his friend said. We'll see what happens to me. About midnight, an old woman who lived nearby came into the room. She mumbled some strange words over the farmhand, and he found he couldn't move. Then she slipped a bridle on him, and he turned into a horse. (laughs) The next thing he knew, she was riding him across the fields at breakneck speed, beating him to make him go even faster. Soon they came to a house where a party was going on. There was a lot of music and dancing. They were having a big time inside. She hitched him to a fence and went in. While she was gone, the farmhand rubbed against the fence until the bridle came off and he turned back into a human being. Then he went into the house and found the witch. He spoke those strange words over her and with the bridle he turned her into a horse. Then he rode her to a blacksmith and had her fitted with horseshoes. After that, he rode her to the farm where she lived. I have a pretty good filly here, he told the husband. But I need a stronger horse. Would you like to trade? The old man looked her over, and he said he would do it. So they picked out another horse, and the farmhand rode away. Her husband led his new horse to the barn. He took off the bridle and went to hang it up. But when he turned back, the new horse was gone. Instead, there on the floor was his wife, with horseshoes nailed to her hands and feet. I love I love the image of that one. Even without sound effects and stuff, I can just imagine turning around and there's this naked I'm assuming naked, but yeah. naked woman on the floor and with horseshoes nailed to her hand. Gnarly. For yeah. kids. For yeah, kids, for y'all. Sure. <laughs> <sighs> That's it for our stories that we're gonna produce. However, one other cool thing that fans of this book series will remember yep. is they, the series, the books in the series would elaborate on traditions and suggest party games like that old one where you stick your hands into grapes and you think it's eyeballs and stick your hands into spaghetti and you think it's worms and shit like that. I always thought it was goddamn spaghetti and then I would eat it. I would just like pull it out of the box and be like, no, 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 no. And they're like, sir. <laughs> 40 children have touched that. (laughs) Oh, man. If you do this again, we're not inviting you to our church All Hallows Eve again. (laughs) Oh, man. I just had like a a 15-year-old retro vomit in my mouth. (laughs) That's what that smell was. Um, There is a really fun entry in the second book here that can be, apparently, it can be used to summon a ghost. Please welcome our very special guest to the launch pad, the ghost. So it says here, and I'll, I'll actually read it verbatim. Okay. It's called A Ghost in the Mirror. And it says, this is a scary game that young people sometimes play. You know, you blah, 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 ghosts can appear. Some are willing to settle for any ghost, but others have a particular ghost in mind. Case in point, when me and my sister tried this, we tried to summon our grandfather. Grandpa Paul must have had something else to do because he didn't come. Yeah. <laughs> his fucking dead body was dancing at Grandma Harriet's other dancing taste. his ass off. Yeah. 
<laughs> Let's see. There's a ghost of Mary Worth, also known as Mary Jane and Bloody Mary. Another ghost is La Llorona, which is a Spanish ghost. These are all suggestions. Here is how the ghost hunters try to raise the ghosts. Okay. Number one, they find a quiet bathroom. Close wait, 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 wait. What's that first part? They find a quiet bathroom. We're at my living room table. We need to go to the bathroom. Oh, no, we're going to the bathroom for sure. Okay. Do you want to bring the book in and read it there? Or you yeah, wanna... let's do that. Okay. <laughs> Stand by. All right, Rumi, we're in the, <laughs> we're in the bathroom. <laughs> I wish we did a podcast instead of a, a podcast because we're in a bathroom. We're yeah. both technically in it, but I'm the only one standing. Rumi is sitting on the bathroom counter because his downstairs bathroom <laughs> is so small. It's so tiny. We talked about whether we should actually just do this at the table and tell you guys that we went in the bathroom. We no. decided that would be bullshit, and we're actually in <laughs> we're in the bathroom. We're real ghost hunters. We are. We are. And we're it's because we, we read the two pages in the book, so we're ready. <laughs> we're in this bathroom. Ruby's like, Ruby has the whole fucking recording thing in his arms, and we're all, each holding a microphone. The only source of light right now is my mini mag light, which I've converted mm. to freestanding candle mode. <laughs> 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 and, uh... <laughs> we're in we're in here with the book now. So okay. step one, we found a well, it's not a quiet bathroom, it's two assholes and a dog. <laughs> um, close the door and turn off the lights. Okay. So we'll turn off the lights, we'll turn off that flashlight before we actually start okay. this. Tell us the tell us the steps. While they stare at their at their face in the mirror, they repeat the ghost's name, usually forty seven times or a hundred times. If any ghost will do, they say Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Wait, there's there's a variable? 47 yep. or 100? Yep. And it doesn't say 47 through 100. It's those two specific numbers. 47 is a pretty random ass number. For the living. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't really understand that either. Like, I've heard three times and I've heard 13 times because I get those, but... I mean, I, I'm, this is my first time ghost hunting, I think, technically. <laughs> okay. Um, if any ghost will do, they say any ghost in place of a name. If they do manage to raise one, its face will slowly replace their face in the mirror. Some say a ghost is likely to be angry at being disturbed. If it gets angry enough, they say, it will try to shatter the mirror and come right into the room. If that happens, I say we see where it goes. Oh, man, if I break this mirror, my wife's going to be pissed. She's going to be like, you already broke a light. <laughs> <laughs> High-fiving, you broke a light. Now you're now there's a ghost in our bathroom and our mirror is broken. <laughs> this is why I want a podcast at your house, not mine. Because <laughs> I keep breaking shit. So, but a player can always turn on the lights and send the ghost back to where it came from. And when that happens, the game is over. Okay, let me let me do a test real quick. Let me make sure this. Wait, way. a test of what? Should I be? Should I get my proton pack on? No, I want to make sure that the light turns on. Oh yeah. Okay, the lights work. Just making and sure. I, the, the good news is you have one of those lights that automatically has a bathroom exhaust fan. Yeah. So worst comes to worst, if the light doesn't scare the ghost away, yeah, sucks the suck them right up. <laughs> All right, what ghost are we summoning? I don't know. Who do you want to summon? Who's dead? That we. I, you know what I was honestly thinking? What? In honor of, of last week's famous monsters yeah. episode, George Romero would be a good one. Is this terrible? Should we do this? I think of all the people, he would get it. <laughs> all right. Although that's, that's a ghost, not a zombie. Can you imagine? He's like, uh, brains. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Then he tries to touch his own body. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we, 
<laughs> we can't do we can't do George Romero. We can't waste his ticket back here to bring him back as a ghost. <laughs> who who else can we do? Well, me and my sister tried to do John Candy once. <laughs> It was right after he died, too. And I remember, Aubrey, remember that? Me and my sister went into the bath. Same thing that we did now. It was a slightly larger bathroom. We, were, we weren't both grown men when we did it, so there was more room. But, I just imagine him. His ghost John Candy is as annoying as his character from Planes, Trains, and Oh, my God, totally. And he was not happy to be in Long Island, New York in our bathroom. No, we can't do John Candy. Let's do, let's do a classic. Let's call... Bella Lugosi. I think he'd be a fun ghost. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have no argument for that, so let's... Bella Lugosi. We have to say his name how many times? 47 or 100. Okay. It doesn't say don't laugh, but I'm guessing we're not supposed to laugh. Okay. Wait, can we say it together? Can we alternate? What are the rules here? <laughs> I, there were two rules, Ruby, and I read them all. <laughs> God. Okay, okay. Here we go. Wait, wait, I gotta turn the lighting shit off. Hang on. Yeah, okay, we're gonna All look right. in the mirror. All right, so we both gotta look in the mirror. Okay, we have... <laughs> All right, the light is off. I can't an see ear, There's an eerie red glow on our bellies because of the the, the recording, recording light. Okay, All that's right. creepy. This is, yeah, this actually is pretty creepy. Okay, here okay, we go. Okay, so let's both say it together. Okay. For, we gotta... Do you, wanna, do you wanna say it and I'll count? Or can we say it and count at the same time, do you think? I don't think we have to count. We have to do 47 or 100, exactly. Uh, I, I'm going to lose track after like five. Okay, here, you say it. Okay. Uh, you say it, and I'll count. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Look in the mirror. You got to look where okay, your I'm face looking, is I'm supposed looking. to be. Bill Lugosi. <laughs> You're not supposed to say it creepy. <laughs> How am I supposed to say it? No, you're right. Say it creepy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry, Bella. Start over. Start okay, over. Start over. How do we know that we just did, we, we just blew it? <laughs> Bella Lugosi's on the other side of your mirror and we're going to say it an extra time because we started over. Okay. Here, say, we'll say it 46 times and then okay. if nothing happens, we'll throw one more down. Boris Karloff. <laughs> See how I switched it up? Okay. Boris Karloff. Boris Karloff. Boris Karloff. Boris Karloff. Boris Karloff. Boris Karloff. <laughs> <laughs> How many am I on? Seven. I'm not going to get through 40 of these. 40 oh more? God, you're, you're saying it so hard. Wait. <laughs> Candyman, 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 Candyman. Is Tony Todd in here with us? Tony Todd? Tony? You here? Nope. See, that didn't work. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Damn it. <laughs> Maybe your beer is broken. What are you doing in the bathroom? <laughs> did the mics pick that up? I don't know if they did. I hope so. Oh my god. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> don't come in. We're ghost hunting. <laughs> 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 it was his idea. <laughs> uh -uh. <laughs> oh man, you guys, we're chilling here with Boris Karloff. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. He's kind of translucent. It's hard to hear, but we got Boris Karloff here and he has something to say. The Mummy Remix sucked.
Tell us something we don't know, Boris. <laughs> Great. We summoned the ghost of Boris Karloff to tell us something we already knew. So we didn't raise any ghosts, which is kind of a bummer. But on the upside, no mirrors were broken. <laughs> All of Aaron's wife's glassware remains intact. <laughs> the best is like... You know, you could plan as much as you can with certain things, but unforeseen circumstances will happen. Did either of us at all think that, like, your wife would catch us in the bathroom and go, what is going on in there? <laughs> Rumi just broke a plate. No, I just... <laughs> plate's okay. I just threw zucchini everywhere. <laughs> uh, maybe Boris Karloff did it. <laughs> You're eating zucchini off the floor. <laughs> He's shaking his head. Yes, as he licks his finger. I can't let floor zucchini go to waste, man. <laughs> what happened to this episode? <laughs> we found a ghost. <laughs> it was amazing. That's the most succinct way we could just sum up what happened. My Instagram post would be like, you guys, we totally found a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> then you, anyone that's following you and your wife, it's like my asshole husband and his, <laughs> his old roommate, quote unquote, are in the bathroom. They, they've been here all night <laughs> talking about stupid shit. Giggling in the bathroom. <laughs> Giggling in our, half ba our downstairs half bath. <laughs> a bathroom that's barely big enough to open the door into. You can't. You can't. You have to be basically sit in the sink to get out of their bathroom. <laughs> the door opens in. <laughs> the light switch is behind the door. <laughs> Who made this? Who made this? Let's summon the ghost of the contractor that built this shit so I can ask him, what the fuck were How you awkward. thinking? He would, then there'd be three of us in there and he'd be like, my bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is though, you can see on the door that they've, arranged it multiple t ways, multiple times. Like uh, somebody has made it so it opens out into the hallway, but then the front oh. door can't open. <laughs> they made it so it opens the other direction. And then you can't get to the toilet. It's terrible. Dude, you know that right now in the netherworld, yeah. Boris Karloff is standing next to Bella Lugosi and Bella's like, what happened? And Boris is like, I don't know. I, they said my name seven times. <laughs> <laughs> George Romero's like, I would have showed up. <laughs> They were like doing their hair and stuff, like getting ready. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> oh my God. That's funny as shit. I hope. Do you think they listen? Do you think they're fans? Of course. Boris, Bella, subscribe and write reviews. It really helps us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're joking, but it's true. Writing a review really helps launch launch Pad Pod. If you're having a good time, if you're liking what you hear, you think we're funny. <laughs> let me finish my zucchini. <laughs> You can check us out, the Launchpad Podcast, on launchpadpod.com and check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that social media goodness at Launchpad Pod. Before we sign off, I got to give one huge shout out. It's to one of my biggest supporters and a big supporter of the show. I got to give a shout out to my wife, Kate, for facilitating this. Let me. For letting us use the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> all jokes aside she really supports me in doing this letting me play podcasts with my buddy 
And uh, I just got to give her a big shout out. She listens to all our episodes. She actually listens. Right. Well, one of my favorite stories is I'm on a plane ride with her and she's got headphones in. She just starts giggling. She's laughing. I'm like, what are you listening to? And she doesn't want to show me. And she, <laughs> it was a guilty pleasure. She was listening to our podcast. Oh, that's awesome. What a good wife. That's a keeper. <laughs> Kate, sure thank is. you for sharing your husband with me and also for supporting us. She's actually given us a ton of really good ideas, stuff, stuff to try, things oh, to yeah. do. So, yeah, and she lets us use our house and break her lights. <laughs> <laughs> Although, Kate, I don't know what story he told you, but I didn't do that. <laughs> Well, are you ready to blast this thing off, Rumi? Yeah, dude. No lights ahead. Five, <laughs> six, five, four, three.